I used to love sitting down with my grandfather telling me stories of old. The older and better days, he used to say. Well, he's no longer here to share those stories, and I wish I'd catalogued them. That's why I felt such an affinity to Tom, a listener from Alabama, now living in Berlin, who started sending us recordings of his memories of growing up. Enjoy this short, true story, read by Tom himself, in this special edition of the show we're calling Reminiscing with Tom. Visiting relatives on weekends were most always a treat for us, except for the one in Mississippi, and that was just because of her drinking water. As we kids played in the hot sun, we would go to the old galvanized bucket on the back porch to get a dipper of water. Now, the dipper was made of a hollowed-out gourd. The only thing I will bring up about these visits was their well water that tasted like iron. Awful taste. There was so much iron in that water that my dad, with his brand of humor, warned me not to get near any magnets at least two days after drinking there. (laughs) Never tried it myself. Now, the most fun visits were my Uncle Phelan's farm. He had inherited earlier on a few hundred acres, once Indian lands, from his father so that he would be listed as a farmer wouldn't be called into World War I. And it worked. He mostly grew corn and did so with only two plow mules. The little house was as known in the South as a shotgun house. Believe three rooms, but I only remember two. The front bedroom and the one in the back was a kitchen. There we all entered into the kitchen. The kitchen was sparse with a wood-burning stove, a cabinet, and supper table with four wooden chairs, covered, of course, with cowhide that he'd covered himself. On the wall, as I remember clearly, was a bullwhip, and he was very proficient with it. Going to his place was, for us kids, like going to the Old West. His wife, Mary, was a fiery redhead. The day he decided to take a wife, he had no place to go looking, as he was the only one to watch the old farm. So, as many did in those days, he placed an ad in the newspaper, looking for a good wife who can help on the farm, must be able to clean and cook, redhead preferred. Well... Aunt Mary answered the ad, and I believe they were mostly happy. Now, the sad story about the front room that no one entered, later on in her years, Aunt Mary, I can still see her lying in the bed, almost unable to move because of the ravages of arthritis. I never heard her complain, though, but only lay there and listened to the visitors in the kitchen and her husband's constant jokes and stories. I know that no one should complain, but in this instance, I wish I had some way of documenting his stories and jokes. They were classics. That was our entertainment in the South. My uncle was kind of odd in one way. He 
never drank his coffee from the cup itself. He would always pour the coffee into the saucer, and from there he would drink it. His coffee was strong, mainly because he used the grinds, as he called it, several times before throwing it into the garden as fertilizer. When asked if you want one lump or two, I always thought he was talking about the coffee itself and not sugar cubes. To keep the coffee from getting too bitter, he said he would grind up eggshells and boil it with his coffee grounds. It seemed to work. Getting to his house off the main paved road was an adventure for us kids. My dad would stop at the beginning of the old dirt road and let me and Fred out of the car to ride on each fender. Fred and I would ride on the fender down the bumpy road, holding on to the hood ornament with one hand. For us, it was like riding a bucking horse. I'd look back at Dad laughing with that old cigar stogie in the corner of his mouth. And when we arrived at the old farm, we would jump down from the fender and open the old wooden gate, which was twice as wide as the car itself. My uncle would be looking out to make sure that Fred and I wouldn't ride his gate open. You'll break my gate and make it sag, so don't do that. Well, you know, kids, we did it anyways when he wasn't looking. We were stubborn as his plow mules. Now, the mules themselves, well, Fred and I have heard our uncle's stories so many times. One day we got up and left the adults at the kitchen table. Exploring the old barn and corn crib, we saw two plow mules near the fence. Fred had one of his great ideas again, to play cowboy and ride the mules. There were no mule saddles, nor bridles to be found, so we hopped on the unsuspected animals, and had never been rode before, and startled those animals so badly they bolted to the cornfield, and we plowed down rows of corn before we got control and brought the mules back. Needless to say, we were in deep trouble the next time with my uncle. I think it was the downed rows of corn that gave us away. Oh, and he told us, them there mules were useless for a week. That same day, my family stayed late just to talking until around 10 or 11 o'clock. I'm, I'm not sure if they all had consumed something that night, but we got into the car. The headlights didn't work. Not at all. And without batting an eye, Dad gave me and Fred each a flashlight. And we both mounted each of the fenders, switched the flashlights on, and off we went into the night. It was only a few miles home, but it was miles of adventure for us. The highway was somewhat hilly, and as we would come over the hills and into the lower areas, we would go through banks of thick, heavy fog, up the next hill and rising above the top of the fog for a moment, and then repeat all over again the wonderful way home. The full moon in the clear sky with millions of stars and two tiny flashlights showing the way. Here's to family visits. Sincerely, Tom.
Tune in again next time for more Reminiscing with Tom. <laughs>